0: Thank you for joining us today for The Central Word, a podcast ministry of Central Baptist Church, Texarkana, Arkansas. Today's episode is from the morning message of January 29th and is preached by Brother Brian Smith. We pray God's blessing on you as you listen to this message. Here now is Brian Smith preaching from Romans chapter 1, verse 16. Boy, if I could play piano like that, I'd be rolling over in my grave <laughs> among my piano teacher, of whom I never had a piano teacher. <laughs> Anyhow, if you open up your Bibles, turn to Romans chapter 1. Romans chapter 1, and um, I'm, it, it's kind of a bittersweet day for me. Um, this might come as a surprise, or might be a blessing to you. Might. Might not be, might just be indifferent, but this will most likely be uh, one of my last times being with you. Um, I'm no longer on the schedule, and and you know what, that's okay, it's a blessing. Some of y'all laughing, some of y'all smiling, some of y'all ain't even looking at me. I didn't choose the schedule, it's not my fault. But I I will say this. I've never seen any mice or rodents or cockroaches or anything like that, so that's either because of me or the people that came before me. I'll just leave that to you. Um, I heard some of the ooh. <laughs> so, nonetheless, though, on a, on a more serious note, I do want to say, um, and this isn't to, uh, this isn't because I stand here. I've said this to other people personally. Um, I want to be very careful with what I'm about to say, because um, I don't want to put myself up, and I don't want to uh, – I just don't want any – just take my words as I say it. This church has grown on me and my family, and it's because of your hospitality. It has nothing to do with the fact every time I come, you all take me out to eat. I've gained more weight <laughs> with you guys than I ever had with any other church. That has nothing to do with it. Um, but my wife and I, we we, we had spoken to each other, and, and this is a church that we enjoy coming to. And I thank you so much for your hospitality. I thank you for your patience. Um, on a personal note, just for me, uh, everything I say really honestly has no bearing on my wife, what I say up here. Uh, and so I say that thank you for for putting up with me. I do. Uh, There's some things that I've said that you may agree with or disagree with, and and that's between between you and I, and that's between you and the Lord, ultimately. Um, But I just want to say what a joy it has been for my family and I to come here and fellowship with you and worship with you. You Well, and I was worried somebody was going to say that. (laughs) So y'all just leave your opinions to yourself. That being said, open your Bibles to Romans chapter one. Romans chapter one. I thank you uh, again for allowing me to come. Uh, I, I say all that to say this: I uh, at the children's home we have a, we have a new theme rolling out, and uh, that theme is looking to the future with hope. And that's not going to be my message today. But the reason why I, I, I say all that is because I was I was greeted this morning by just a, a wonderful young lady. She was the greeter and. And uh, she handed me the, um, the bulletin. And I was very thankful to see that uh, you guys are, are looking at a gentleman to come in view of a call. I want to tell you what joy that brings my heart. It really does. Um, I'm very thankful for it. Every church needs a pastor. Amen. Amen. Uh, and, and I'm very, very thankful to see that. And, and, I, and I look to the future with hope. Uh, not just for this church, but for the other churches that are without pastors. Um, there is a church that every once in a while I'll go and I'll, uh, I'll, I'll fill in if you will. And, uh, and, and, and if I may say, and I've told them this, so it's no secret and they record me also. So it's going to, they'll hear it. Um, but I say, y'all need to, y'all need to keep looking for a pastor, um, this, this church has decided that you know they're just happy with the fill-ins, and, and I don't think the Lord's happy with that. And, and don't worry. They know. I've told them. I've told them. So listen, y'all ain't got to go out and say you won't believe what he said, all right? But I'm just telling you. I've told them. They know. They smile. They laugh. And I get real serious, and they still smile and laugh. So however they want to take it. Uh, what I'm saying is I'm thankful that you guys have not stopped. And even in in the case that you guys have to continue to look, one thing I've noticed about this church is you guys are staying together, and that's important. Um, And I praise God uh, for your dedication towards this church. Uh, That being said, uh, we have a rebellious side to us, though, don't we? Uh, We are all born... With a human nature, and and I'm reminded of a story of a young man who who he decided to take his son out driving a little bit, and his son is uh, keeps standing on on the seat, just keeps standing on the seat, and keeps standing on, and and the father keeps saying, uh, "You need to sit down. You need to sit down." And every time he told him that he needs to sit down, his tone got a little bit more gruff. Uh, 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 his, uh, His voice started to increase. Uh, as far as volume goes. And, 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 and you could tell that his body language was, was getting to there. And when the son finally saw that his dad decided to put his right hand on his lap, the son thought, maybe I ought to sit down. And so he finally sat down, but then just out of rebelliousness he said, Daddy, I want to let you know that on the outside I'm sitting, but on the inside I'm still standing. Even in our mean-spiritedness, we have a way of trying to justify our own actions, don't we? Uh, we, we are born uh, with a sinful nature, and there ain't a person in here that hadn't been mean before, okay? Uh, if you were in the Sunday school class I was in, you could clearly see that. Um, only a few you know about that, all I can say is Exhibit A. But nonetheless, though, uh, we've all been mean. And we've all had a mean spirit about us. And, 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 and when I was a youth pastor, there was something that I would say to the youth, and I'll just say it to you right now. Uh, there's a difference between being saved and being right with the Lord. Yes. Let me repeat that for those of you that don't know. There is a difference between being saved and being right with the Lord. Yes, you can be saved and not be right with the Lord. Okay? Now... That being said, uh, we have a tendency to fall back many times in our own life. Uh, That's why why we have struggles. Um, If you don't have struggles, then you have a bigger problem than you think. Um, I really enjoy saying that because I know that I have struggles. I'll be the first one up here to tell you that I have struggles. Um, Let me raise my hand. Let me get the neon sign going on. Let me put batteries in it just in case it goes out. Uh, I have struggles. I have temptations. I have problems. I have sinful thoughts. I have lustful desires. I have all of these things. I have greed which just boils into my heart. Now, it may not be for money because ultimately I know that I'll never achieve the amount of money that I want. But I still have... Some of y'all laughing. Come on now. That's assumptions and that's wrong. I'm not going to say who I heard laughing. I'm just going to say it was from this aisle or that aisle. But nonetheless though... Um, If you are not in the same situation as me, then I'm going to kindly ask you to close your Bible and step out. I'm going to ask you just to go ahead and get in your car. You have permission to beat every single Pentecostal to Cracker Barrel. Okay? You have permission to walk out. And you know what? Nobody will judge you if you don't come back for Sunday school. uh, If you're not in the same position that, that I am. If you don't struggle, you can leave now. Now, let me just let me help you out. No one's really leaving. Pride is also a sin. So if you're too prideful to get up and walk out, well then I guess you're struggling. Okay? Struggle means that you're dealing with a situation that you are struggling with. It, it, it means that you're either that you're not on one side of the fence or the other, but you're right in the middle trying to trying to figure out not necessarily what's right or what's wrong, but how to fight this. If you don't have struggles, then you're perfectly okay with your sin and you're not worried about it at all. That's why we call them struggles. We struggle in life. Now, there are certain things that we struggle with that aren't necessarily sin. Um, I struggle with, uh, now, not money, but keeping it in my wallet because bills are too much. Uh, We all struggle with money when it comes down to gas prices and so forth and all of that. That's something we all struggle with. Why do we struggle with it? Because we can't just say, all right, I'm done paying for gas. I'm, I'm, I'm done. I'm walking. Well, I mean, if your job is over a mile away, you're going to be paying for gas. Let's just face it, right? But with sin, though, can we agree that sin ultimately, certain sins that we have, that we deal with, that we struggle with, we're able to beat it. We're able to fight it. Now there's going to be some struggles that just come up and you have to knock them down real quick with some Bible scripture and some memorization and things like that. Uh, But when it comes down to to, to certain struggles that we face such as temptation, such as lust and things like that, um, they come up into our lives and we are tempted to follow through with them but because of our struggle we fight against it. Does that make sense? It is good if you struggle because struggling shows that you're trying to fight against it. It doesn't mean that you're indulging in the sin. It doesn't mean that you're going through and and just enjoying it as you go through. That's not what it means. Struggle means is that you know you have a problem and you're trying to fight it. Where you begin to have the bigger problem is when you don't admit that and you don't fight it. That's where the struggle comes. Now, I say all that to say this because uh, over in Romans chapter 1, starting in verse 16, and if you will, uh, just, if you're able to stand, please do for the reading of God's word. We're just going to read one verse, but I've got a number of verses we're going to go through. Um, But in in Romans chapter 1, verse 16, it says this, For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth to the Jew first, And also to the Greek. Let us pray. Father God, Lord, we come to you. We want to thank you for your blessings. We want to thank you for everything that you've done for us. We want to thank you for the struggle. We want to thank you for uh, the problems that we have in our lives. Because, Lord, we know that through struggle and through problems, you are allowing us to grow in your word. Lord, when we stop trying to fight, when we stop struggling, Lord, it's almost as if we've given up. God, we ask that you give us the courage and the willpower, the knowledge, the wisdom, God, to continue to fight. To fight until it's done. And Lord, until the last sunset, we will continue to fight through our sin. But God, we're so thankful that you promised never to leave us and never to forsake us. You have given us the ability to fight sin even through death. God, we ask your blessings upon the reading of your word. We ask your blessings upon the message today. May you get the honor and glory in everything that we do. It's in Jesus' name we pray these things. Amen. Amen. Paul writes the Romans, and he says, I'm not, I'm not ashamed of the gospel. Um, there's some truth that, that, that we need to take uh, from all this. Now, though this isn't going to be um, our main verse I really want to break this down because this is something that we all know. This is something that we should know. These are the basics in which our foundation of faith sit. Okay? This is where the rebar is put in right before the concrete. This is where the holes are dug to make sure everything is taken care of, to where you're your building your house of faith, whatever whatever you call your faith. This is where the foundation is. And he says, I'm not ashamed of the gospel. Um, But he says, I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. First and foremost, as I said, we are born of a human nature, so therefore we are sinful. And the gospel of Christ is simply this. uh, We're sinful. We need a Messiah. The Messiah came. He died on the cross after living 33 years of a perfect life. And he traded his perfect life for our sinful debt. And he died for us to pay that sin. That, that is the basis. But it doesn't end there. It's not just his death Uh, that takes care of everything. It's His resurrection that brings us to life. Amen? That is the power of the gospel there. Now, that being said, He says that I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. So He brings in Christ. He says, here's here's the problem here, but then we see the power of God. And let me explain uh, in this situation here the power of God. God knew that we were sinners. God knew that we couldn't hit the mark. God knew that when it comes down to our arrow, getting the bullseye... He knew it was an impossible task. So he sent Jesus. But it's not the fact that he just sent Jesus. Now that, all of that is elementary. All of that is what we already know. But maybe one thing that you don't realize is the, 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 the time it took you to realize who Jesus was. The time that it took you to understand that he was the Messiah. And, and, and everything that bottlenecked you to the point that you needed Jesus. That's something only God could have done. Whatever caused you to realize that Jesus is who He says He was. Whatever caused you to make a commitment in your life to say, "Uh, Lord, I trust You as my personal Savior. I know I'm a sinner. Whatever brought you to that point, if you could just think back at the day or the night or the morning that you were saved, what brought you to that point? What made you realize that you were a sinner in need of a Savior? What made you realize that you were there, He was there, and the only way for you to be saved is to accept Him? What made you realize that? And and I don't know. I can't tell you what your personal issue was. I don't know if it was a car wreck. I don't know if it was just you sitting in Sunday school. Whatever it may have been, all I want to tell you is, is what got you to that point was strictly the power of God. That's what it was. And God may have used somebody to bring you in because that's what brings us to the next part. In verse 17 it says, For therein is the righteousness of God revealed from faith to faith as it is written, the just is shall live by faith. Now now understand this. Uh, as it goes through where it says, uh, reveal, where it says uh, for therein is the righteousness of God revealed from faith to faith, y'all, that's me telling you about Jesus. That's you telling somebody else about Jesus. That's you going out and witnessing to people. And so how does it work? It's simple. God recognizes that we are born of a sinful nature. We need a Savior. God sends His only Son, Jesus Christ, down on the cross to die for our sins and be risen again so that way we can have salvation, part two. Now, part three and final, now it's our responsibility to go out and tell people about the gospel from faith to faith. That is how the gospel is revealed. Amen. And if we don't reveal that, then we hide it. Well, Brother Ian, I, I'm I'm not even good at hide and seek. How can I hide something like that? Uh, very simple, you just don't say anything. You just live your life the way that you will. You live your life knowing that your sins are forgiven and you just continue on. And that's how you hide the gospel. You just don't say anything. And we have an opposite thing that's happening here. Uh, in verse 17, as it says, this is how the righteousness of God is revealed by, from faith to faith. But over in 18, then we see the wrath of God that's revealed. Uh, so our first part that we see here is um, what we truly know. And we truly do know the gospel. And if you don't know, even... Uh, I've spent some time with y'all, but I don't know everybody individually, so I'm just going to say this as a blanket statement. I believe that everyone in this church knows about the gospel of Christ. I believe that every person in this church has a knowledge of who Jesus is and what Jesus has done for us. But it's in your heart to make that decision on whether you've actually accepted him as your personal Savior. So that being said, those are things that we should know. What we know is that. But now not just what we know, but how we live is a completely different thing. And where what we know will reveal the righteousness of God from faith to faith. How we live uh, could very quite possibly reveal the wrath of God. Being the complete opposite. We see in verse 18 it says, For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and and unrighteousness of men who hold the truth in unrighteousness. So now... We're not talking about just Christians. We're not talking about just people. We're talking about people who actively know the Word of God, actively know what the gospel is, actively know who Jesus Christ is and what Jesus continuously does in our lives, but yet live a completely different lifestyle that will ultimately not mirror the gospel, not compare the gospel, but it'll destroy the gospel because people see what we believe. We wear Jesus on our shirts. We put Jesus on our car. We put Jesus on our Facebook pages and Instagrams and all of these things. Uh, but then when people see us face to face, they don't see Jesus. What they see, uh, as we see here, for the wrath of God is revealed from from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men. Um, let, me, let me break this down for you just real quick. Uh, ungodliness, uh, blasphemy, basically. It's blasphemy and corruptness. Okay? Now, let me, l- l- let me just say this. Uh, how quick is the journey from your mind to your hands? How quick is the journey from, from you thinking about sin and you actually committing sin? It's not, it's not very long. Um, it's for some less than a minute, for some less than a second. For even Jesus, he said, even the thought of it is a sin thereof. And so just know that nobody in here is perfect. Nobody. You may want to be perfect, and you may want to be the best Christian, and you may want to be this, or you might already understand that, you know what, not only are you not perfect, but you're probably the worst of the worst. Now don't think that I'm talking down to you, because Paul himself, who wrote this book, said, I'm the chief of sinners. Paul knew what he did. Paul knew that he stood by as other Christians were sat there and they were murdered. He lied against Christians. He bribed other people to lie against Christians. He stood there uh, and held coats as Christians were stoned. Now, let me just say this. Let me make you feel a little bit better. Uh, if you've never done that, then you're a little bit better than Paul, you know, humanly speaking. But spiritually speaking, we're all the same. And we should have that mindset. And here's why. Because if we, if we even begin to think about how good we are, even, even our good thoughts just like our acts, is an extension of our own selfishness. There's nothing good in us except what Christ has put in us. Amen. Nothing at all. Now don't get me wrong, you may have a great personality. You may have a joyful disposition. You may be the friendliest person here, and that's and that's wonderful to say, uh, but deep down inside, you're the same as all of us, sinful, selfish. Brother Ryan, there's some people that I know... I, Please don't call them selfish. At the end of the day, we look at our own lives. And though you may not know me and I may not know you, I can tell you that I'm a selfish person. I may not show it, but I know me. You know who else knows me? The Lord. And I, and I pray that you would join me in saying, uh, when I say that I'm the reason why Christ had to come down and die on the cross. You are the reason why Christ had to come down and die on the cross. And now that we have salvation, we choose to live our lives as if, as if none of that really, I mean, it happened and we're thankful for it, but let's not talk about that all the time. Uh, let, let's not bring that up all the time. We know how bad we are. We know how good we are. We know all of this stuff. Let, let, let's just, let, let's move on to different things. Let's do this and let's do that. Uh, we shouldn't live our lives that way, you see, because ultimately the more we live our lives in a way of just setting God off to the side, uh, we tend to grow further and further away from him. And and let me just raise my hand, and have any of us walked away? Any of us grown away from God? Any of us noticed that, man, it's been a while since I read my Bible? Man, it's been a while since I prayed, and not, not for food, but just in general. It's because we've allowed a little bit of ungodliness to come in. And soon after ungodliness seeps in, soon unrighteousness comes in. And unrighteousness is where you physically show the sin. You physically partake in the sin. You physically do the sin. Whatever it may be, ungodliness and unrighteousness have slipped into our own lives. And you may or may not want to admit it, but it is the truth. Just because you're in here doesn't mean you're good. It means that you struggle, just like me. And we still need our Savior. That being said, uh, the, the, these are things that that we show and we see the ungodliness, we see the unrighteousness. But uh, if you will take a look at the take a look at verse 19, and we wonder why there is wrath, and uh, here's here's the reason here, because that which may which, because that which may be known of God is manifest in them, for God has showed it unto them. For the invisible things of him from this creation of the world are clearly seen being understood by the things that that are made, even his eternal power and Godhead, so that they are without excuse. We believe in Jesus. We believe in the gospel. We believe in all of that. Um, and, And rightfully so, we should. But if we do all that, if we believe that with all of our hearts, how come we don't act as such? Because we struggle. We struggle. And the wrath of God doesn't come up because people are sinning against Him because they don't know about God. The wrath of God has come up because, as it says here, people are without excuse. Even creation itself speaks of God's greatness. Uh, It speaks of God's creation. Uh, We may not see the wind blow, but we see the effects of the wind. Amen? We may not see uh, God's physical hand at work, but we see the effects thereof. Uh, how many of us have strayed away from church and now find ourselves sitting uh, in this church right now? Mean Maybe not this church, but other churches, just because this isn't my home church. How many of us have seen the effects of God's work in our own lives and, and have seen ourselves grow? Uh, over in Peter where it says, let us grow in grace and love. How many of us uh, at one point had just a mean spirit about us to where nobody really wanted to talk to us and all of a sudden the change happens and uh, man, we're one of the nicest people out there. Because we see the effects of God's work. We see the change that he makes in our lives. We see all of these things. But the Bible says since the beginning of creation. um, Let me just, a side note, and I have to tell you this. A side note. Everything and everyone has a purpose. Now if you ask my wife, she sees no purpose in cats. And that's... Somebody said amen. But everything has a purpose. Everything has a purpose. And, and, and let me just share this. When it says the beginning of creation, I just want you just to imagine what creation was like at the very, very beginning. You, 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 you've got God and, and he created the earth and he created all of these animals. And before man even came into the picture, he knew that these animals one day would be used for food. He created the trees and He created the grass and He created the air and He created the water all knowing that at one point that it was going to be used uh, for us to allow us to live. He knew that the trees were going to produce air. He knew that the water was going to give us sustenance. He knew all of these things and, and all of that was created even before we showed up on the scene. Everything has its purpose. And if God was, would create something like cats for no reason, according to my wife. If God were to create termites, someone tell me what termites are for. If God would create all of these things, please don't be a scientist and come to me and say, well, termites do this. Uh, I want to kill them, okay? Um, But if God has that much love for us to create all of these things just so we can exist on this earth, Imagine the purpose that He has for us being on the earth. Imagine what that does. That brings, that gives us a reason to live even more. In Sunday school, we were talking about um, how we exist to. Uh, if I'm, if I'm correct, I'm going to try and, and repeat it exactly. Uh, number one, to praise and honor God. Live for God. Love your family. Eat healthy. For your family, and then have insurance for your family. Um, it's wise advice. Um, we exist here for a purpose. We exist here not just for us, not just for me, 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 and see how successful I can get and see how much money I can have and how big my house can be and what kind of car I want to drive or what kind of what, whatever it may be. We exist so we can bring others to Christ. Because we are born of a sinful nature. And that means if we are born of a sinful nature and we are sitting underneath his, the teaching of his word, that means he wants to equip us. He wants us to exalt him, equip the saints, and evangelize the lost. That's exactly what he wants us to do. We have a purpose. You still have a purpose. And whether you are at the top of your game, at the top of the mountain, or down at the very bottom, there's still a purpose for you. If you are at the top of your game, it's time to get to work. If you're at the bottom of the mountain, it's time to teach someone how to get to work. Man, the church is silent. We are born with a purpose. the problem is, we know all of this, but yet we let things get in the way. But at the end of verse 20, it says, so that they are without excuse. Lastly, after we go through and, and, and I'm explaining to you what we truly know, and now I'm explaining to you how we truly live, there's one last thing. And I love how the Lord really set this up because knowing that this may be the last time that I preach in front of you, hopefully for a long time. Amen. Amen. All right. Let's be happy about this. All right. The last thing, my last point for the maybe the last time that I'm going to be here. Is to tell you how we should leave. Tell you how we should leave this earth tell you how we should leave our families tell you how we should leave and go on into eternity and, and 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 glorify God here's how here's how we should leave not as professing fools as as our Bible states if you look into 21 we're going to read from 21 through 23 <clears throat> at the end of verse 20 it says without excuse verse 21 starts off because Because that, when they know God, they glorified Him not as God, neither were they thankful, but became in their vain imaginations, and their foolish heart was darkened. Professing themselves to be wise, they became what? Fools. And changed the glory of the uncorruptible God into an image made like unto corruptible man. And to birds and to four footed beasts and to creeping things. Later on, the Bible's going to say how God gave them up to their own lust, how God gave them up to their own devices, how God gave them up to their own wants and their own temptations. And, 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 and let me tell you this uh, God, it doesn't mean that God fully gave up on them. It doesn't mean that God said, fine, just go to hell then, I don't care. It, it doesn't mean that at all. Uh, what it's talking about here is, is sometimes with your children, you're going to have to just let them go and learn on their own. You're going to have to let them do that. Um, I'm going to share with you something that I didn't plan on sharing with you uh, this morning, but, but, but I'm going to because I really do think that it's important. My father, um, when I was a kid, he kept telling me to, to, to do something. He, he kept telling me to clean. Clean your room. Clean your room. Clean your room clean this, clean this, clean this. And I kept rolling my eyes thinking, you know what, I I will, or I'll get to it, or it's not that big of a deal, or it's not this, or it's not that. Until finally one day, I come home. My dad was home early. My dad never came home early. And he made me take a chair and set it in the middle of my room. You know what he did? He made me sit in that chair while he cleaned my room for me. And I cried. And I boo-hooed. And I was saying, I can do this. And, And at that moment, I knew I was fully capable of doing it. Has anybody ever been in that situation where someone has done something for you and you knew that you were fully capable of doing it? And the guilt that come into you the shame that, that that pops in. All of these things, I had to sit there and watch my dad do that. And I can tell you I was I was truly ashamed because I knew that I was capable of doing that very thing. The reason why I bring this up is because I want to end with just a, a, a series of questions and, and repeating these verses here in verse 22 it says professing themselves to be wise they became fools they were they were professing themselves to be christians and living in the faith and and doing all of these things but their lives were showing the exact opposite and so while they were busy professing themselves to be wise they were actually being fools and there's a time in the Romans' life where they needed to stop professing themselves as, as, as being these great and awesome people to becoming confessing Christians, confessing that they need help, confessing that they have problems, confessing that they need a Savior, and ultimately confessing Jesus Christ as their Lord. So I leave you with these, these questions here. The way we leave so dearly important to our families, so dearly important to our friends. I don't know what will be said at your funeral. I've been to a number of funerals in my life, and I'm sure you have too. Um, But these are some questions that I, right now in my own personal life, I don't want to know the answer to for me. And these are those questions. Do we really glorify God? When we come up here and we worship, do we really glorify him, or are we just repeating the words, Off the screen. When we sing out loud. Are we really singing out loud for our God and Savior? Or are we really trying to get the person behind us and around us. To hear what a beautiful voice we have. Do we really glorify God on the outside of the church? Or or do we just make it look like we do? Do you really glorify God? My next question is. Do we really thank God? Lord, I thank you for this meal because it's going to taste good. Now, we could be thankful for that because there's some meals that we're thankful for, amen? There's some meals that are really, really good, uh, but other times we're going to say, Lord, thank you for this meal because it's all I have. Do we really thank God for everything or just things that are put in front of us, like a plate? We need to learn to be thankful for God in the small things so when the big things come around... We're not playing it. We're being thankful. Amen. And then the last thing, and this is, this is the last one, I promise. Do we really honor God the way God is supposed to be honored? Or have we, too, turned his uncorruptible glory into something worldly once again? Do we really honor God with our lives? Do we really look to him for who he really is? God sent his son, Jesus Christ, to die on the cross for us. But then at the very end of Matthew, he says something that that has never left me. And it's this. I'll never leave you nor forsake you. You remember that? Just trust me. If all it took was Jesus just dying on the cross, which it did, if all, if, if, if that's all it took to make our lives perfect, man, that, 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 there it is. But then he knows that we're going to struggle, and so he says, I'm with you. When was the last time that you honored God knowing that he's still with you? Because the same lips that we curse people is the same lips that we honor God with. And, and, and is that really glorifying Thank you for listening to this episode of The Central Word. Our prayer is that this message will encourage you in your walk with Christ as we dive into God's Word each and every week. Thanks again for joining us, and may God bless you in the week to come.